Taking up your cross, suffering and sacrificing have been superseded with name it and claim it. And as dark as I know it looks out there, the good news is that God is advancing his kingdom. It's very exciting to be a part of his great commission. It's Sheila Zelensky. The Sheila Zelensky Show, the only show to give you the truth behind the headlines, prophecy, and the deeper things of God. Now. Here is your host, End Time Watchwoman, Sheila Zelinsky. Hello, listeners, and welcome to the Sheila Zelinsky Show for this Tuesday, May 19th, 2015 edition. I broadcast Monday to Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on Worldwide Christian Radio and the World International Network of Broadcasters over there at WINB. You can hear the show right here at WeekendVigilante.com via the internet, as well as you can listen on TuneIn Radio app every day by typing in WWCR2. That's the number two. You can listen there, or you can download the MixLR app. That's M-I-X-L-R app and search Weekend Vigilante for nice, crisp, clear sound to tune in to the broadcast every day. Folks, my guest today is Jason Paul Charles. He is the director and producer of an amazing documentary called Christ Alone. I was recently on a show with Jason, and I was very impressed, and I wanted to bring him on the program to introduce to my listeners. You can bookmark him at wakethechurch.org. First of all, great job on Christ Alone. Tell our listeners what inspired Christ Alone, the featured interviews, and how this all came together. Yeah, you know, Christ Alone, essentially, uh, I want to say God put it on my heart about four years ago. Um, It was about 2010, and I just started up my ministry called Wake the Church. Essentially, that was... Wake the Church was kind of an offshoot. Um, I was very heavily involved with We Are Change uh, back in 2008, 2009. I founded the the group out there in Colorado. I was pretty heavily active and pretty well attended during that time. And doing activism for a variety of different topics, you know, whether it was 9-11. I'm also a filmmaker. I I did a film called Core Corruption 2, which is free online for your users if they ever want to check that out. But, you know, being a part of the activist group, you just kind of get to the point where you just feel like, Hmm. You know, unless the church really starts to wake up to some of these topics, being one of the largest demographics here in America and the world at large, you know, if it, if it does not get on board, if it does not see through the lies of the culture, I don't see us being able to stop the new world order. I don't see us being able to, to, to do really anything uh, as far as standing out the salt and light in this world. And so I kind of transitioned out of my role as activist, and I put together this group called Wake the Church. And that was kind of modeled off the We Are Change, you know, loose network of, of individual activists and things. And what that was going to do is pretty much try to put uh, people together, boots on the ground, and get them going into churches, talking to pastors, handing out DVDs, and uh, really kind of bringing the grassroots aspect of uh, Christian activism to the church itself. And, and a lot of kind of how I got into that to start with was essentially, you know, you look through history, you look at the Puritan movement and how they originally tried to persuade the, uh, the leadership, the, uh, the officials of the, uh, the Catholic Church, the Angelican Church, to, you know, some of the things that like Martin Luther was, was writing about in his thesis and things, but that didn't really work. They weren't able to go into those establishment um, institutions and change it from the inside. So what ended up happening was, you know, of course, they had to migrate away from those institutions because of the persecution uh, during that Reformation time. So I'm, just, I'm still looking at that. I'm still hopeful that here in America, 
Uh, even though it's kind of an apostate church, even though we've fallen away by a great extent, I'm hoping that if you get the information in there, you get the uh, the pastors to the point where they can start waking up to a lot of this. I'm still hopeful that, that something will come up, that something will, will happen, it will stir a movement of some sort as more Christians start to wake up to this diabolic plan that we see the enemy unfolding. So Wake the Church is kind of the genesis of this, and I realized that there wasn't very many tools. And one of the most effective ways to, to get the word out was on DVDs and having produced things in the past, being a documentary filmmaker, I decided that I was going to put this film together called Christ Alone. And what Christ Alone is essentially sitting down, starting with the script and everything, I, I sat down with the idea of just like what would be the perfect wake-up film for a Christian. You know, just your normal average Joe who sits in the pew pretty much as soon as they, they get out of church, they're racing home to watch football and everything else. I'm like, how would, how would you approach that person? How would you have to, you know, take this information and digest it in a format that could wake up those average people in the, in the church? And so I wrote the script for Christ alone, and essentially I centered around Christ. You know, he's the most important figure in my life, and he's the most important figure in your life, and he's the most important figure in the world, you know? And his message is it's literally, it's, it's amazing if you look at Christ's life and how it parallels everything that we see happening uh, today. And so I use that as kind of a staging ground, you know? The uh, the film takes your average viewer through each ministry scene, so every chapter is broken up into a different ministry scene. The first uh, opening intro is with the, the baptism scene. The second one, it would be Christ with uh, Satan being tempted um, overlooking Jerusalem and being tempted to, you know, with all the nations of the world. The uh, second scene would be the Sermon on the Mount, that gets into natural law. The uh, third scene is Jesus and the, the confrontation with the Pharisees, the, the contest with the Pharisees, talking about uh, it pretty much the way it breaks down is the first, first couple of sections of the film all had to do with natural law, biblical principles, principles, the institutions that we find in the Bible. Uh, the Bible is very clear from cover to cover the whole canon of the Bible uh, as to what are God-ordained institutions. And those institutions are, are mainly, you know, God himself, our Father God. He pours authority into mankind. Mankind has certain duties and jurisdictions. And then um, that authority goes into the family, which has certain duties and jurisdictions. And then the authority into the church. The church pours into society and society into government. And that's how God has kind of established that. And so the first half of the film, I look at how God has ordained and established all those institutions as a check and balance on the sin nature of mankind. And then the second half of the film, as it gets into the money changer scene and it gets into the, the crucifixion of Christ, it talks about how Satan is undermining each one of those biblical institutions. And um, the topics that the last half of the film gets into, I mean, it's incredible. I mean, we're covering eugenics, we're covering like atheism, transhumanism, population control, the RFID, Second Amendment, self-defense issues, the Federal Reserve Bank, all the dangers of the institutionalization, 501c3 churches. The guests on there are just absolutely fantastic. Like uh, we have Alan Keyes in there, and he does, he's such a profound mind uh, on this guy, and like he's just amazing. Uh, I had the opportunity to really speak to him in depth on some of this, and it's just amazing some of the insight he had on this. Chuck Baldwin, who you're aware of, a gentleman by the name of Don McElvaney, Captain Albrecht, the late George W. Hunt uh, is in there. He just recently died back in uh, 2013. Um, Tim Baldwin, which is Chuck's son and a lawyer. He's a constitutional lawyer. And then there's Ty Bollinger, who is kind of a health ex expert, and he brought a lot of the, uh, the health aspect to this whole whole film. And uh, so that's kind of it. I mean, that's it in a nutshell. It's uh, just really exciting. Like some of the feedback that I've gotten from this film is incredible. So, you know, I'm excited about it. I really encourage the listeners out there to absolutely pick it up. It's free online on YouTube. You can go and send that to every single pastor you may know, every person, a Christian or non-Christian. The, the message, you know, it's not preachy. It doesn't really, you know, yeah, it's centered around Christ, but it, it's just so engaging the way it flows that, pretty much anybody can sit down and watch it and, and get something out of it. You know, one of the things I personally really like about it is you pack a lot of information in the two hours. Again, Chuck Baldwin, Catherine Albrecht, George Hunt. You've got Don, Tim, Alan Keyes. I mean, it's a great lineup. I like the people you have in it. And again, you pack so much in it. But I like the way it wakes up the average pew sitter, the average Joe congregation member. And, you know, people that might not necessarily be awake to what's going on. 
Oh, big time. You know, um, I've, I've literally submitted this. It's, it's been really interesting trying to promote this thing because, you know, first of all, the title is Christ Alone. So it's, you know, it's, it's a little too much for your average liberty movement, you know, activist type. You know, they just automatically just discount it because of the title itself. It's hard to get them to kind of watch it for that reason. But then you have the church. And uh, once they get into it, it's been very hard to promote. I've, I've submitted it to, man, a dozen different festivals and things, secular and Christian alike, and they all get rejected for one reason or another. And uh, the only outlet that's really picked this up and been successful with is uh, ChristianCinema.com. And uh, it's amazing. Like, um, it's only been on there for a few months now, uh, now that they're, they're starting to traffic it. But, since, I mean, this is the demographic I'm going after. These are the people that are just up here looking for your typical feel-good Christian um, movie, have no clue, no concept as to what's going on in the world around them, uh, you know, just waiting for the next bush to pretty much show up on scene and fix everything. So to get the feedback from these people, like I've had a number of conversations and dialogue um, as they've gotten a hold of this film, they've watched it through this, through this Christian cinema, and I dialogue with them as they contact me through the website. And it's just so excited to see these people. Like, I mean, a light bulb literally goes on for them. Like, I'll just read you a couple uh, quick quotes. Like, this gentleman right here, he, he contacted me. He said, uh, absolutely excellent. I had to watch it twice through and take notes, especially the second half. Trusting the information is accurate. I have indeed learned a lot and will make some changes as a result as far as what is brought into the household and other decisions. Another person was like, a must-see video. The Lord has been opening my eyes to some of the harsh realities of the world. So this, this demographic right here, this is the people I'm trying to reach. You know, this is the vast majority of Christianity out there. And if we can expose to them to some of these topics, the light bulb goes on. And it's, it's amazing to, to see, you know, because that was exactly what I sat down to do is I was hoping and praying. And, you know, you can't imagine how much uh, just blood, sweat and tears goes into, into making a film like this. You were hoping that, you know, the God would use it is just it's really a miracle in of itself. Well, one of the things I really like about the the visual aspect of it is you really can follow Christ through his ministry and you kind of springboard into the teachings that really revolutionized our understanding of natural law. We know Chuck Baldwin talks a lot about that, but really the God instituted roles of mankind, the family, the church, society and government and how Satan's kind of flipped all that on its head very, very methodically. Mankind has always been in Satan's crosshairs from the time Adam and Eve walked in the Garden of Eden, and he will victimize human beings in every way he can devise until the Lord throws him into the lake of burning fire. And I think the mainstream church really is in a stupor to what's going on. You've got these big mega churches, and it's name it and claim it, and it's trains, planes, automobiles, but I think they're missing the big piece that no one's talking about in the mainstream churches is end time prophecy which is absolutely unfolding around us oh it's it's ridiculous you literally cannot understand anything that's going on in this world if you're not looking at it through a biblical uh new world order you know awareness at this point like all these people that are just sucked into fox news and some of the mainstream media it is so just disjointed and fractured the information that they're getting but they just take it as truth and it's it's amazing to me that here we have Christians. Like, what's really amazing to me is, like, we saw in the 70s and 80s with, you know, Hal Lindsey and the late great planet Earth and all the, the prophecy gurus during that day, you know, uh, promoting the, the pre-tribulation uh, rapture and all these, these different things. And, like, so many people started to see all that, and they got on board with it. And I guess they just kind of figured that it was all going to come to an end by the, the year 2000. And now that it hasn't happened, everybody has just totally gone to sleep. It's amazing to watch the transition from, you know, 80s, 90s and things. I mean, I'm, I'm only 36 years of age, but, you know, I've lived long, you know, long enough to know that, you know, back in the 70s and 80s and things, that it, it was actually pretty popular in the church uh, to be talking about prophecy and looking at end-time events and looking at the technologies that are being utilized by Satan and the enemy to push us to this global government new world order. I mean, and here we are, we're like smack dab in the middle of it. And they just clung gone and gone asleep. I mean, you can't you get these people to, to do much of anything anymore. And the church here in America is just is absolutely a waste. I mean, I'm grieved by it. You know, I'm absolutely grieved by the way Satan has had a stranglehold on the church here in America. I know if God can wake this, this church up, there's no question in my mind that uh, the new world order would, would literally come to a grinding halt. 
and that would probably happen pretty quickly. But it's going to take a revival, just a massive revival, and that's it's only going to happen with with the Lord's Spirit involved. And so that's why it's exciting for me to be able to talk to people of like mind and know that it's not just me. God's moving, you know, His Spirit in my heart. You know, He's moving it with tons of people. You know, this is this is really something that's happening all over the nation. Like as people start to wake up to these these topics, or waking up uh, to to how the enemy is destroying all these things. God is really putting a passion of fire in people's hearts for this thing. And so that's what's really exciting about it is, I mean, maybe 10, 15, 20 years, who knows where this is all leading. But we're obviously going to see some sort of confrontation. It's just the way the world is utilizing government, utilizing some of these institutions, society, everything else. Like you were saying, flipping them on their, on their heads. You know, the enemy is literally on the offense at this point, coming at the church, coming at Christian people, I mean, all over the world to the point where if we don't do something quickly, we're going to be in in the dark ages. Well, you're very astute on the transhumanism sort of 2.0 movement. You know, we've got Singularity, DARPA, data brokers, Google, eternal life patents, brain implants, RFID, chipped implants, Oculus Rift, virtual reality. I mean, it is unbelievable that even now there's pre-crime. This is minority report on steroids. What surprises you the most as we're sliding into the summer of 2015? You know, the transhuman aspect of this stuff is just so critical. I, I think you have to have a mind for it. You have to kind of be in the technology sector to kind of, kind of follow where a lot of this stuff is going. Um, I was actually pinning an article, uh, piecing some stuff together for like the church. You know, uh, I think it was Fox News or something just recently reported about how school systems are literally starting to teach children about gender fluidity and that how there is no gender and all this kind of stuff. And what people don't recognize is this whole transgender, homosexual, uh, you know, LGBT movement that they're forcing on society through the media and through, uh, through you know, all these different avenues, political and, and what have you is essentially baby steps towards transhumanism. I mean, the ultimate goal of transhumanism is to merge with the machine to the point where there is no gender, where they're in control of humanity to such a certain extent. They're picking who is able to you know, propagate the human species. And uh, it's, it's really scary in that regard because we have to first accept you know, the gay lifestyle, the whole gender fluidity where there is no gender. And then from there, once we start merging with the machines, you know, it's going to be so much more acceptable for this technology, brain chips, everything else, the, the direction where it's going. You know, I see a lot of people putting uh, like a heavy in- emphasis on like the RFID chips, but I don't see that being an issue anymore. Like I think that's a big red herring. Uh, you know, you really look at the technology and you've got literally space satellites and they've got patents for this as you can Google online where they can, from space, they can look at your infrared signature that your body puts off, that heat signature, and they can tell who that person is just by their heat signature, you know? So this biometrics, you know, people don't even recognize that like literally when you walk through the airport and you get into that scanning machine, they're taking a 3D image of your entire body. I don't know if you saw this, Jason, but there's a show out, um, I think it's the seventh Fast and Furious. And what you're talking about, they actually have this computer program that people should go see it, not for the, well, they've got some nice cars, but that's not the reason. They really should go see it for the technology, really, I mean, it's kind of an in-your-face thing, the technology. And then, of course, the Avengers movie has so many overtones of the Phoenix, Out of the Ashes. It's amazing, these Hollywood sci-fi movies, they always do the predictive program. Programming, you know, they really bombard young people with this indoctrination, repeated exposure, neuro-linguistic programming, conditioning, brainwashing, again, predictive programming. And I always think, well, they have things in back rooms and DARPA labs that you don't want to know about. People can look this up, these DARPA augmentation projects. When you have the topic of humanoid robots controlled entirely by the human brain by a brain-machine interface, that's a ghastly notion. But when you take nanotechnologies and robotics and genetics and you breach the line, you sort of open that Pandora's box, tapping into the human mind and augmenting cognition, that really is a ghastly notion, isn't it? It's absolutely, I mean, it's apocalyptic in nature. Like, you look at what, I mean, 
you know, a lot of people like to point at Revelation and be like, oh, it's just allegory. But, you know, I mean, if you look at it in kind of its literal sense, here we are to the point where they're, they're manipulating the human genome to such a, an extent that we're literally within 50 years from now, we're not even going to be recognizable. Uh, we're not even going to look like human species. I mean, they really are trying to push us into a homo sapiens sapiens, to a homo trans, who, who knows what. You know, they're literally trying to redefine the species to such a, a warped sense that we're not even going to recognize, you know, I mean, we're not going to recognize our own grandkids. The scary part of that, though, is that it really merits the term, think of this, folks, post-human. And if that's the case, could we end up altering ourselves into something that's irredeemable? I mean, not sanctioned from God's creation, a non-sanctioned entity, really. You know, I first saw a cover of a Time magazine splash the caption, and this was last fall, and it said, 2045, the year man becomes immortal, I know a lot about the nefarious Ray Kurzweil's and his band of merry men. But as I read through it, I was really horrified. I couldn't get this thought out of my head that we as man are done. So essentially, this is the end of man as we know it. And we're really being acclimated, Jason, to this very clandestine technocratic oligarch's lust for eternal life through the re-engineering of humanity here. And that is really quite staggering. Well, you, you look at some of the uh, the means that they push into society through the media, you know, like with uh, vampirism and all the demonic things and, and all the sci-fi things that they're, they're pushing into us. Like you said, we're, we're creating a generation that kind of lusts after that. You know, like uh, it's, it's amazing to me, you know, you go trolling around on like 4chan and some of these other, you know, where all the teenagers and all the kids pretty much congregate and they're the ones that are coming up with all these bizarre hacks and, and, and ideas and things that they're, they're pushing onto society. A lot of that, you know, kind of happens in, in the dark web, you know, that, the hacker space. And essentially these people out there, I mean, they can't wait for it. They're literally, I mean, they're creating their own kits or they're cutting open their, or their own arms, they're implanting their own microchips. They, they literally cannot wait for it. And uh, it's it's a demonic spirit behind it in my my mind. I can't fathom. I don't even want to, I don't like get tattoos or any of that kind of stuff. You know, I'm I'm pretty comfortable in my own skin. I'm thankful for how God created me. And uh, to think that you would want to modify nature to such a certain extent, and really it comes down to the fact that you know we've lost our first estate. You know, we've lost an appreciation for the created order. You know, it's it's Satan essentially putting that spirit in us where it's not good enough. The way God created, it's not good enough. And so therefore, we've got to be kind of, you know, manifest destiny in the sense that we're going to create a new creature. We're going to create a new space for ourselves. We're going to create a new destiny for humanity. And and the, the driving force behind all this is just, it's a dark intelligence. And it's, it just disgusts me. Uh, you, you start trolling around on all these transhumanism websites and things and, and just the, the the spirit about it is, is really, it's just really dark. Dark is, yeah, that's an understatement. I mean, it's it's also very anti-humanist. I mean, we know about the depopulation. We're getting inundated and bathed in a toxic soup of all this radiation and microwave radiation, EMF and EMR. Couple that with these frankenfoods and chemtrails and the fluoride in the water and everything else. I mean, this is very anti-humanist and I think Aldous Huxley would salivate at the fact that we're really smack dab in what these insidious eugenicists envisioned in the genetic code and the double helix in the 1860s and you know it's surprising that these luciferians are always so obsessed with the human dna the genome they're always tampering with it it's like it it animates the same predatory it's it's like these people just can't help their psychopathic tendencies and their other criminal designations. It's okay to cheer the military at the football game, go troops, but then they send these military guys into radiation and all sorts of nefarious playbook attacks. I mean, globalists hate altruistic knights, people that stand up and fight for what's right, don't they? Oh, absolutely. You know, it's, it's amazing to me. You know, you bring up this whole thing about the genetics. Uh, you look through the Bible and there's a huge importance placed on lineage and just tracking that lineage. You know, there's, there's a righteous people of a righteous bloodline and you can track that all the way back to you know, the, the garden. And then there's also this wicked, just like this, it's, it's like the enemy has kind of invaded 
humankind to such a certain extent that he he literally knows how to breed for that that psychopathic gene. Uh, you know, I mean, the, the psychology textbooks pretty much put it like three percent of humanity or something like that that are just absolutely they're not inhuman to the point where they have any empathy for their their fellow human beings. And so, you know, I look at like the elite, you know, you look at the, you know, all these inbreeding dynasties that have been around for hundreds and hundreds of years, and they've, they've almost bred for that gene. I, I touch on that in the movie Christ Alone. There's no question about it. Like these people are absolutely obsessed with the human genome to the point where you have to wonder if they literally believe that they're, you know, connected right into Genesis 6, the Nephilim, all that kind of stuff. And through technology, they want to bring that back in some way, some shape or form. It's almost as if Satan misses the antediluvian period, <laughs> you know, where, where you know, he was God. He was able to manipulate and do all these different things. And he's using humanity to reachieve some of the power that he lost at some point in time. You know, it's just speculative in nature. Uh, but at the same time, it just will, the push in that direction, the way that the culture is just driving humanity forcefully in that direction uh, to the point where we don't really have a choice. The scientists and things like Alan Keyes, he hit the nail on the head when he was talking about welfare needs to do good, but we can't, and I'm just paraphrasing what he said, but you know, we can't rely on scientists to tell, what, tell us what good is. Like you look at how science operates and they're just some of the most unethical, immoral, you know, the fact that they're tampering with the human genome is just unbelievable, whether it's in plant life, whether it's animal life, or whether it's in human life, the fact that they have such arrogance to think that they have an understanding as to the impact that that's going to have on, on our future is unbelievably prideful. That's the power of these institutions. You know, that's why the enemy loves to go after these institutions, whether they're, they're university systems, whether they're church systems, you know. I mean, that whole pyramid structure, essentially, it puts people on, on the top of those pyramids. These people are just wholly sold out. They're wicked. They have no concept of God's natural laws, and they're able to progeniate their philosophy and ideology down throughout those, those structures. And that's why God is clear. You know, he's very clear that we don't have righteous judgment in this land. We don't have righteous officials. If we don't have a appreciation for God's laws and morality, we end up with just complete bizarre land, uh, just absolute wickedness. And we're headed for that right now. Yeah, we are heading for that. Well, you just mentioned antediluvian, that period before the flood. These Luciferians are really quite enamored with trying to bring back these ancient godmen, the period of the the Raphaim, the Nephilim. This is the very definition of rebellion, because before you had these unsanctioned entities, you know, we know the story in Enoch there, and it's the inevitable result of fallen mankind's sinful nature. And Satan knows that the transhumanism movement is a total genetic rewrite of God's creation. And like I said, I mean, it's the ultra high-tech dream of these mad new world scientists to use radical advancements in technology to augment the human body and mind and ultimately the entire human experience meriting that label post-human it's it's really again Huxley's 21st century vision of a complete scientific dictatorship if you create this race of cybernetic slaves I mean that is stunning that we're being genetically engineered and brain chipped for total control and what's, what's interesting about the whole thing, too, is just like, you know, there's no way they would, can force this on it, but the whole, this whole concept of us accepting it, you know, it's like these smartphones that we have to our ear or, you know, in our pocket any given day of the week. Uh, essentially, because they can do all these nifty little tricks and have all these different apps and things and take pictures and, and you know, text and all, the, all these wonderful things that they can do, but it's like we've accepted it. You know, we've, we've literally, we want it, you know, we'll pay big bucks for it, you know, and I, I, you can just see, you know, in a matter of years, it's going to be this brain chip. It's just like, oh, I've got the iPhone brain chip. Oh, I've got the Microsoft brain chip, you know, and it's the same thing that we, we have going on right now. You have, you know, this brand loyalty going, <laughs> you know, and there's the people out there, well, I've got the Linux 
brain chip, and it just was just like, dude, you still got a brain chip. Barry Trower talked about, a, he had an incredible report that came out years and years ago, and the question was, you know, we can't chip humanity, but how can we make a device that everyone would carry voluntarily, and it had the same frequency, the same frequency resonance as a human being? I mean, essentially, it was a cell phone, and you've got people in the deep pockets of the Amazon jungle carrying cell phones now. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, they're on the grid, I'm telling you, they are on the grid, and, and what's more about that whole thing is essentially how they're going to utilize that information, like, you know, getting back to the whole biometrics and things, is, uh, I think it was InfoWars or something, posted an article, um, was it last week or something, talking about how DARPA is using our predictive analytics, you know, our Facebook accounts, all that kind of stuff, and they're really creating these whole virtual worlds and running simulations with actual people. You know, they're creating these virtual people um, and populating these entire universes with these virtual people, people uh, given their profiles, and then they're able to run all these different analytics. And, I mean, you know, you walk through in these biometric scanners, they take a 3D image of you, they're able to literally 3D model you, in a 3D world that is exactly like us, it's almost like they're creating a matrix over there, and then they're just running analytics on what they think we're going to do. I really think it comes down to, especially, and I've had this thought, you know, ever since 2009 when we, we confronted that uh, rear change group in front of Gary Hart, Senator Gary Hart, um, wrote a book called Underneath the Eagle's Wings. Uh, is um, what is it? Global uh, Global Strategic Agenda for 2009. I think is what he called the subtitle of that. And I read through this book laying out the, the global apparatus where all the nation states will pretty much dissolve their military and will have this global military. And how they're building that global military is through this whole NATO partnership that they've got going on. So I mean, when we think about the war, uh, the war on terror, we think about that. Oh, you know, they're just over there, you know, trying to position themselves for resources and all that, uh, the will of Israel and, uh, over there in the Middle East. But in reality, what they're doing is they're integrating all the special forces units. You know, they've got MI5, MI6, they've got Australian special forces, they've got American special forces, SAS, all these different groups coming in there. They're learning how to train together. They're learning how to integrate the forces. They're learning how to, to work together underneath this whole global NATO uh, NORTHCOM structure. And what they're eventually going to be doing is essentially – they're going to be dissolving the nation states, and then they're going to be going after the pockets of resistance. And what he calls it in his book, he calls them stateless nations. And what was just fascinating to me is just like these are you know these are people that were, were stateless in the sense where they did not prescribe the new world of philosophy, and so they, therefore they had to be eliminated. Um, but what he's basically saying there is just like think about Christians. In that in that scenario, we're not going to go along with the beast. We're not going to allow ourselves to be on that network, and so therefore we're going to have to congregating pockets of resistance and things. And in in a sense, you think about us in terms of Christian people, our true loyalty, our true place is in the kingdom of heaven. And so they would call Christians, people that don't identify with the New World Order, as stateless in that sense, because that's kind of what we are, I suppose, on this planet, is we, we can't identify with anything that the, the, the enemy is putting forth. And so, therefore... <laughs> I, I, they have to eliminate us, and you know, and so here they are with their pr- predictive analytics, their database, and all of our information. They've got tabs on every single person that that's not going to go along with this or accept it. And they ha- see that's the thing. It's like with, when you look at communism and you look at the history of of, of how they went about their gulags and how they they isolated uh, the older generation, uh, the ones that they couldn't work to death. They killed them all off because a lot of those people were incubated with principles that didn't agree with the new system. And so they literally had to kill off an entire generation and then indoctrinate a younger generation into their system because if there's still these stateless people or these people that have these these instilled principles of liberty and they understand you know the proper roles and jurisdictions of, of God given authority in the institutions and government and everything else, well they're always going to be creating havoc. And so you have to eliminate that generation that knows about those things in order to create a, a new generation that will fully engage and associate into that new world order system. So it's diabolical. I mean it's really diabolical. When you when you tie all these different technologies together and you tie all the all the things that we're seeing overseas and and we just see where all this is, is heading. It's it's absolutely 
it, it just I, it boggles my mind. It just the dark intelligence. It is a spiritual. You know, anybody that says that oh, there is no devil and laughs us off as if we're just you know looking at the uh, the Bible and, and believing that, but all it is is just a bunch of mythology. You have to sit back and recognize that there is some sort of just evil, evil force behind all this organizing, utilizing it, just a vast variety of different ideologies and, and people groups in order to pull this thing off. It amazes me. It absolutely amazes me just to watch. And, and you know, Revelation talks about that, that the, the saints literally marveled at the beast. And, and that's how I, I feel anymore, that I'm just sitting back looking at this thing being constructed all around us. I'm just I'm marveling at it. And a person has to wonder how much I think about the acceleration that's taken place even over the last couple of years. And I think, my goodness, how much longer can this go on when you got the, the transhumanism, the whole transgender movement? Obama actually issued, and this was yesterday, apparently, it's a, a statement called International Day Against Homophobia. And get this, this is a new buzzword, transgender phobia. Is that really necessary for that to be a day? So, you know, you've got this very nefarious, gradual, again, acclimated the frog in the boiling water situation where those little bathroom door signs, forget the man and the woman, you're going to start using the transgender bathrooms now. Girl Scouts of America is now taking cross-dressing boys. I mean, these things that we used to think would be just right out of a sci-fi are now mainstream headlines and you know i found it interesting this week there's a large department store in tokyo that has robot employees you know so basically replacing man with robots that's not a science fiction anymore and i thought you know can you just imagine dressed in a little kimono and smiling this little robot greeting shoppers they do sign language they speak in multiple languages it's just incredible like how do we as humans though compete with these sentient super sapiens that they're going to be making you know i mean at a certain point you just gotta step back and be like i don't think we can I think if, if if they keep pushing us in the direction that they're pushing us, there comes a certain point where, you know, I mean, you, you reach a, a, a space in the technological de- development that all of a sudden we lose control. And, uh, you, know, you, you know, you mentioned Ray Kurzweil and all these guys. A lot of people have kind of speculated on that. You know, obviously we've seen like Terminator and Skynet and all this kind of stuff. Um, but it, it's very valid. Uh, it's very valid. And... It, and the problem is, going back to the whole, just the ethics of the scientific community, is these people, they're not going to stop in their laboratories doing what they're doing and contemplate that line, contemplating whether or not they're going too far. You know, all they're really there for is to push the boundaries of technology or, or push themselves for their self-aggrandizing purposes of being the first to do something. And and there's no real ethics, there's no real checks or balances on this, and it's a scary proposition, and it's it's almost designed like that. I, I think really, when it really comes down to it, is it's just paradoxical in nature that here we are, God has given us a creative mind, uh, the the ability to envision uh, just great, magnificent things and, and create those with our own our hands, but here we are to the point where our own creation is just going to destroy us. And there's just something that's paradoxical about that whole situation, and... Uh, it really kind of just shows, you know, our need for God, you know, our, our need for jurisdiction, our need for authority, our need for morality. And as soon as we start getting away from these things, as soon as we stop contemplating these things for the sake of scientific progress, uh, it's going to be our destruction. It's going to be the end of humanity. And and here we are. Uh, we're a generation or two away from all that. It, we are a generation or two, but it's one thing to see a robot greeter. But when you have uninhibited combat vehicles, entire squadrons of robot planes and entire fleets of robot driven military vehicles, and then you couple that with the transformation and augmentation of human beings in very profound ways as to even merit not made in God's image, Jesus Christ grants salvation to mankind. But Jason, what happens when people aren't mankind? That's a good question. That is a really good question. You know, at a certain point, uh, where does the technology, I mean, we're basically building an idol into ourselves. You know, when you think about it, it's just like, especially when you think about uh, just the abomination of that desolation, you know, we don't know exactly what's going to set up 
uh, in that throne, you know, and be worshipped as God, if it's something is, is that it can be an AI machine, that can be one of these, you know, Nephilim type, you know, uh, Superman, you know, you, you hear a lot of people be like, oh, Obama's the Antichrist, or it's just going to be some person out of Europe or something, it's not going to be a person, there's no way it's going to be a person, like, when we, when we see this thing manifest itself uh, in the way scripture talks about it, it's going to be something that transcends uh, humanity, uh, it's going to be kind of a something that Satan holds up is just like, this is what you could become. You know, all you have to do is, is just follow me, in a sense, and allow me to control the destiny of humanity. And uh, it's, a, it's a scary time. And, and to have eyes to see all of this stuff, um, it's, it's really quite remarkable, you know, because, I mean, you, you, every day, you know, you flip on the television, you flip on the, on, on the computer, and you start trolling through some of these websites, looking at some of this stuff, and you're just like, the pieces are just coming together. That puzzle is being built day by day, faster and faster and faster, to the point where, I mean, you can see the beast system. I mean, you can literally see it. People are just going to marvel at it. They're going to be so thrilled uh, with it. it it's, it's, it's scary how people just literally worship technology, like especially the scientism in like the atheistic communities and things. You can see they have no God. They don't want to have anything to do with God, so why not build their own? And that's really where they're going with this, is they, they feel like uh, they have the authority, that they have the technology and everything else to be able to build their own gods and literally merge with that, that system and that machine. And so, um, you know, I love Captain Albrecht. Uh, she's just such a brilliant mind. And I remember talking to her while we were filming this film and things, and she was telling me about just, there's a brief section in the film that she goes into, I mean, real subtly, I cut out so much that she was talking about, but like all these different pioneers of technology going back to IBM and, you know, the founders of Apple, you know, like you look at the Apple and there's a bite out of the Apple, you know, symbolizing the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Uh, and so there's all, there's all these people that are pioneering technology, but they have occult loyalties. Uh, this thread that runs through all of the different personalities and all the different stories surrounding uh, just, just this whole advent of, of the technological era. And she, she was telling me about all the files that she has, you know, on all these different personalities from Tesla to Edison, and, and all of them have, you know, some sort of bizarre occult history and background attached to them. And uh, we were just kind of messing around with the idea of putting together a film just based on that one topic alone and uh, just kind of marching it up to everything that we know now and figuring out, you know, if that's something worth doing because we need the church away to this stuff. I mean, right now, um, they're just, I mean, I feel like we're already accepting the beast system. And deception is the key to making people believe many of the promises of the beast system who have adopted a religious-like theme that allows them to play the Pied Piper. They're kind of luring young and old alike into a very terrifying trap and they're like those false teachers the apostle paul warns us about when he wrote second timothy three thirteen: evildoers and imposters will go from bad to worse deceiving and being deceived and you look at john eight forty four: you are from the father the devil and you choose to do your father's desires he was a murderer from the beginning he doesn't stand in the truth because there's no truth in him and that's the big overtone here isn't it Oh, yeah. You know, and, and we think about murder, you know, we think about, oh, taking human life. But in reality, the devil's not about murdering humans for the sake of murdering humans. He's looking at murdering the soul. And the way he murders the soul is through deception, is through having people reject uh, Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And that's an ugly situation. And we look at the churches in uh, this, this country, and they are just so behind the times in the culture war. They have no clue what's going on. I, I mean, I, I mean, I'm up here in Kalispell. You know, I, I had the, the opportunity to work with with Chuck and with his media and things, and and uh, you know, just he's just been such a mentor in my life. Uh, it's it's really cool um, to see his passion for the church, and you know, I have that same passion thing. So it's really um, interesting just to watch, you know, with this Liberty Church project develop. And I'm just praying that this, these kind of things start to take off. So all the people out there, you know, that are hearing our voice, hearing, you know just the struggle it is just to get these tools into the hands of the, the, the church. Like I believe 100% wholeheartedly that all of our efforts as Christians, as a weak Christian people needs to be focused on the church. The, the verse first Peter two, five for the times come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it 
first begin it as what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? You know, that's a powerful verse right there that uh, that Peter's talking about. You know, if if we are to put off the judgment of God, it's gonna it's gonna be because the church literally stood up and did something about it. They did something about the manifold darkness that we see in our land. And if, if the church fails to be the salt and light, if it fails to stand up in this day and age, we've had it. Like we literally could be the generation. Think about that concept right there, that we are the the generation that allowed the darkness to fall to the point where the new world order takes hold and the Antichrist comes on the scene. You know? Like I, I see creation, I see the Bible is a very dynamic thing. You know, God is slow to anger, and he's long-suffering with his mercy. And uh, he's waiting for us to take up the torch. He's waiting for us to put on the boots and go out there and put our hands to the plow and actually physically start doing something, you know. And one of the easiest things you can do is hand out a DVD. Uh, we saw just in our We Are Change chapter, uh, we probably put out just in the Denver metro area alone 100,000 DVDs over the course of four or five years. They're still doing it every Friday. They're down there um, in Denver handing those things out. And it's amazing. Uh, you can unlock minds with, with the, power, the power of DVDs, the power of documentaries is just, it's incredible because you're holding somebody's attention for two hours, the music, the effects, all that kind of stuff come together and it creates an emotional response. And in, in, in that instant where you have somebody's attention, the Holy Spirit can work on somebody's heart in a very powerful way. And so it's so important that people get out there and start doing something for the Lord. It's not good enough that we're just sitting around talking about a lot of this stuff. We have to be doing something. We, I mean, we have to make a physical plan as to how you're going to execute. Well, we do. And that's why I don't know if you heard my show yesterday, but Coach Dave Daubemeyer and I were talking about the Salt and Light Brigade and basically have cataloged thousands of people that are willing to go in like like an army it's boots on the ground infantry the SWAT team which is the prayer people the weapons of warfare to really target the heavenlies in prayer for various things and we really believe that the Kent Hoven trial was the decision was overturned because of the fact that we had Christians across the world targeting their efforts in prayer and penetrating the heavenlies. And I think that's so important because Jesus didn't say the blind and deceived are destroyed through lack of knowledge. He said, my people are destroyed through lack of knowledge. And one of the things that people have to understand is, you know, it's just not okay anymore to be doing nothing. And I think that's why this brigade is so such a cool thing that we've put together. What he said yesterday was when the gays have an issue, you know, they descend on D.C. like a swarm of mad locusts. They can rally. They seem to be organized. And he said, you know, most times when Christians get organized, you know, we're already in the fourth quarter and it's too late. Right. Oh, it's amazing. I'm going to have to go and tune into that and check that out. That sounds like absolutely exactly what needs to happen here. We need we need to see, like me, you know, I'm more of a creative type. You know, I, I, I'm good at communicating and organizing information and doing, you know, a documentary film and everything like that. But I'm horrible at organizing people, you know. And so when you have people like uh, Coach Dave literally has that skill set of organizing people, contacting people, administrating people and things, that's where the true power in this world lies. It's, it's getting people to the point where they're passionately motivated to, to get out there and do something that the vast majority of Christianity isn't willing to do. And if, if he's really getting thousands of people together to the point where, I mean, it's a miracle. Like, I'm so excited to see that that motion uh, was getting yes. all these charges dismissed for Ken Hogan. Like, holy cow, you know, you don't know how many times I've been in prayer for that, that man. He's been through so much, and... Uh, Well, I'll tell you a little quick story on that. It's really interesting because I had Ken Tovind on my show. And for some reason, for about two solid weeks, I just had a really hard time sleeping. And over and over, I was churning this situation in my head. And I thought, how could this happen? Like, how can something so egregious, so flagrant, so incredibly awful happen to a man like this? It's touched so many people. And Coach Dave Dobmeyer phoned me. Uh, this is two weeks later after the original charges came out and then we knew there was a trial fast approaching. And I said to Coach, I'm going to get a hold of Stuart Rhodes, head of Oath Keepers, because I had Stuart, on my, Stuart Rhodes on my show a few times. And I said, Stuart Rhodes is a constitutional lawyer. I know that Stuart will know somebody 
you know, we got to put together a dream team like OJ had, but honest and Christian, right? So I phoned Stuart Rhodes at home. We had a long conversation and he gave me two major referrals. And those are the two lawyers that filed this. We connected with some powerhouse lawyers. We raised some funds. Another organization matched those funds. And we were able to, you know, do something very positive. And it was just a real blessing to be used in that way. So, I mean, that's a that's a win for Team Jesus right there. That just shows that God is who he says he is. Holy cow, like, just awesome effort in that regard. You know, I can't commend you guys enough uh, for doing that. And like I said, the fields are white, right to harvest, you know, <laughs> where are the laborers? And we need these people out there. We, we can't, we cannot allow, especially Christianity, to give up one more inch of ground in this country. We can't. Like, we need to be going forward. We need to be sure uh, to change the direction of this country because, what I'm seeing right here and right now, if anybody's a student of history, we saw over in Soviet Russia. You know, I mean, that was the European nation over there was entrenched with Christianity for years and years and years. But then Wall Street financiers got in there. Um, Professor Anti Sutton did a, a huge series on on how Wall Street funded the uh, Bolshevik Revolution, uh, funded Nazi Germany, all that kind of stuff, and, and proved categorically that that's what exactly happened. These social engineer types, these you know these people that are the elite that are in control, they can literally utilize their money, their foundation money, their institutions in order to change the entire ideological structure of a nation in a generation, and that's what we've seen happen in this country. Uh, you know, Europe, Christian for a long time, and all of a sudden the communist revolution took hold in, in certain entrenched areas over there, and it was all funded. It was it was social engineers that were able to get in there and revamp all the institutions through their, their money foundations and things to the point where in one generation's time, they were just upside down and backwards. And here we are in America. We're going through that exact same thing. It is, it is verbatim point by point by point by point. And uh, it's a dangerous, dangerous game. You know, I mean, anybody that's listening to our voice and, and, you know, their wives and their kids and everything else is in earshot, you need to really wake up to the the reality of the situation because we have been targeted in a huge way. And so I thank God for people like Kent Hogan. I thank God for uh, Coach Dave and you and and anybody out there that's actually doing some stuff because – Holy cow! It's it's now or never. It really is. If we don't do it, uh, we're, we're we've lost this generation. We've lost the fight, and God's going to hold us accountable, regardless of, of what we did. You know, yeah, we're standing up. I don't know if we're going to be 100% accountable for everything. I, I highly doubt it. But I know I'm going to hold myself accountable and be looking back at my life and all the things that I could have done more. Who could I have inspired more? How could I have, have utilized the resource and the gifting that God's given me to do more? You know. And it's a passion. It's a calling on our lives. And, and we cannot be at the point where we're just flippant with that call. We cannot be flippant with that call. We have to know that, that there are so few people out there that recognize that and, and God it will be utilized. And so we've got we've got to just armor up in the spiritual war and get out there and do things. Well, Jason, I have to say that, you know, I was recently on a show with you and I was very impressed at how astute and how really motivated and and what great efforts you've done especially for a young guy you know you've really again done some great efforts after we went on that show you sent me a copy of this dvd and i was able to watch it and i really think that you've really put together something great here and you know i really appreciate young people that are that are doing something and that's the thing is you know you just mentioned being accountable for what we did i mean i would have never picked being a watchwoman in fact i have fought god on this for for years saying I don't want to go through this kind of you know we're written off as tinfoil hat kooks and my kids have to listen to their mom's a conspiracy theorist and they're all too familiar with some of the labeling that goes on and constantly under attack from the enemy you know it's really quite something the way a person's attacked and so this wouldn't be something 
I have picked and I've been a strong advocate and railed against GMOs and chemtrails. I've spoke at Monsanto events. I've gone against smart meters. And, and for years and years, I've done a lot of advocacy. I started a We Are Change Canada group, and then it got picked up by someone else because it really wasn't the spiritual component. I mean, it was a good try and it was a good start, but it was, really didn't have some of these the spiritual teeth that I would have liked to saw. But you're right. I mean, we are accountable and we have to remember that it's God who really is advancing his kingdom here. And we just have to kind of do his handiwork. We are his foot soldiers. We're his hand servants. And we really have to just do the call of God, don't we? And it's amazing the sacrifices he, he asks of us. It really is. But I would not be wanting to do anything else with this life. Like I, <laughs> I'm just blown away by the fact that God can even use me and my meager talents and my meager abilities, you know. And I'm just so humbled to watch other people work and, and move and, and start to shake uh, this world in big ways for God. And, and it's exciting for me to, to know that, you know, we, we might not be able to see the fruits of our labor, but who knows who's going to pick up the, to- the torch when we can no longer move forward. And uh, it, 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 it will pass courage along from one person to another. You know, so many people, when they come across this, this information, they just get discouraged. It's it's all sad, you know. I kind of just, I, you know, I picture it as like, you know, Alice up there on the top of the, <laughs> the 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 hole, you know, and and she's gonna fall down, you know, into Never Neverland. Pretty much gonna bonk her head on every conspiracy rock on the way down, you know. And she's gonna <laughs> hit the rock bottom, and she's gonna have to kind of pull herself up and be like, "Holy cow, what do I I do with all this information? Where do I go with it from here?" And the best thing you can do is just put trust in Jesus Christ, you know, and that's that's the reason why I named this film Christ Alone. You know, I knew that was going to be a real hard sell. Not too many people want to to believe that, you know, Christ is the solution, especially, especially in the activist communities out there. But that's, that's exactly it. You know, his story parallels exactly what we're going through. His courage, his demonstration of power, his standing up against the authorities that that dominated his country and, and uh, God's people during that time. It's exactly what we need to do. I mean, he says, follow him. Well, we need to follow him. And that's not just do all this fluffy potluck stuff that the vast majority of the churches do. I mean, we need to literally stand up against the wickedness. We need to stand up against the institutions and the principalities of power. And, I mean, the vast majority of Christians can identify who our enemy is. You know, they'll look at Obama, they'll look at this, or they'll look at that, and they're just like... They're they're lost in the in the, in the, the big maze of, of of the media merry around and and uh, so it's, it's so important that you know here we are we're voices we're crying out we're trying to identify the the enemy and we're sounding the alarm so other people can identify the enemy and uh, I I know the right people can stand up you know I mean essentially this is coming to a head um, here and. You can just picture the angels in heaven. They're all just looking down at us. I mean, holy cow, you know. You know they're out there fighting the battles on our behalf. You know the Holy Spirit is out there just fighting and fighting and fighting. And I'm, I'm excited to be living in this time. But at the same time, I do not want to be held responsible for, for being that slack generation that let it all go, you know. Well, and I think you've nailed it when you said it is Christ alone and hence the great title for this DVD. Folks, I really want to encourage you to get this DVD. It's great info for your friends, your family, your church members, people who need to wake up, need to see this video. It is a great DVD and it's a really great effort. And again, like you said, Christ alone. Jason, give out your website because I really encourage people to check that out. Yes, please watch the film. Go to ChristAloneMovie.com. Go to the contact page. Fill it out. I need reviews on this. Something fierce. A lot of people they watch it, you know, um, but at the same time they don't they don't give me feedback. You know, we filmmakers we crave feedback. You know, we want to know how we can perfect our art. We know we want to know how we can communicate better. Uh, things that we miss. Things that we. You know, I, I mean, I, I can't watch my own film sometimes just because you know you're just looking at it just like, oh, I wish I did that or I wish I had done this. You know, but. Um, having that, that one person take the time to, to write a review for me or, or give me a little bit of feedback or something like that means the world to me. And uh, that's the kind of thing I'm looking for. You know, definitely check out my, my website called wakethechurch.org. You know, if time allows and the resources allows, I'm probably going to put a, a television show together called The Culture War um, coming up with that and just focusing on, like, little 10-minute 10, uh, 10 
uh, clips having to do with where the where the fight is, essentially where we need to be focusing our effort uh, week to week. So it's something that I got stirring around in the back of my mind for for Wake Church and, and that group, and it's it's free on YouTube. Just go search Christ Alone full film, uh, pass it around, send it out to your newsletter. Um, just I want to jump that view count on that by thousands, thousands if possible. So the only way we can do that is if there's people that get passionate and they get behind it. So, but it's important for us to support young people's efforts. And again, folks, his handiwork is, and this is again Jason Paul Charles. His information is linked there at weekendvigilante.com. Folks, get some copies of this. Support this again, Christ Alone movie. Dot com. Again, it's bookmarked there. Jason, thanks so much for coming on the program tonight. Thank you for having me. It was wonderful talking with you. Folks, that was Jason Paul Charles. And again, the movie is Christ Alone, ChristAloneMovie.com and his personal website, wakethechurch.org. Folks, just a reminder that the encounter on the Sewanee Conference is this weekend coming up with Augusto Perez. It is going to be an amazing event, and I'm really excited about what God's going to be doing there. And folks, if you haven't already done so, sign up for the Salt and Light Brigade. That's saltandlightbrigade.org. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning into the broadcast tonight. Good night and God bless.